0: about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire.
1: Peace be with you. Friends, the great commemoration of all souls falls this year on a Sunday, which is a grace because it gives us the opportunity to reflect a bit more deeply on death, on eternal life, on the nature of the soul, This, of course, is a sort of death-haunted time of year, isn't it? We marked Halloween just a few days ago. And today, many of us will make our way to cemeteries to visit the graves of our beloved dead. And, of course, all around us, nature is dying too. Now, it would be foolish, of course, to deny death or to look away from it, though many things in our culture encourage us to do just that. Think of that still important book called The Denial of Death came out many years ago. There's a lot of things in our culture that encourage us to look away from death. But we Christians know it's one of the most fundamental and unavoidable facts of our experience. You know, this time of year, I'm just about a a month away from the um, first year anniversary of the death of Father Ed Oakes my former colleague here at Mundelein Seminary. Ed was one of the most lively people I've ever known. He was fiercely intelligent, a voracious reader, tireless and very gifted writer, arguer, conversationalist. He was just a live wire. I mean, the the phrase live wire, I think, was invented to describe him. Well, dear Ed was diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer just about 18 months ago and died oh, maybe six months after his diagnosis. I remember I went down to St. Louis for his uh, wake and funeral, and I remember looking at his remains in the coffin and thinking something I think a lot, but, but especially that day, you know, that's just not him. He's gone. I was signaling at the same time my acknowledgement of the awful reality of death, but also the existence of this mysterious thing that we call the soul. Whatever that energy or spark or personality that made Ed Oaks himself was gone, and only a shell remained. So we speak of, of the remains of somebody. I always think of like a, like a snake or an insect that sheds skin, and you see that little kind of shell remaining. So, well, that's not the insect at all. That's not the animal at all. That's just a just a remnant. I think especially at Ed Oaks's wake, I had that sense. Something was gone and only this shell remained. Now, biology, chemistry can go a certain way toward explaining this. Like, what is this energy that's gone? But does anyone really think that what made Ed Oaks his sparkling self? could simply be reduced to chemical reactions. Thomas Aquinas spoke of the mind's capacity to engage in properly abstract thinking as an indication of the immateriality and hence immortality of the soul. Now what am I talking about here? Well, Thomas knew the senses can take in experiences of, of ordinary things. The memory can preserve them. The imagination can entertain them. But the mind, the mind is capable of forming pure abstractions, namely those ideas that cannot be reduced to any particular form. Think here of, you know, when you, you have in your mind the idea of humanity, not a particular human being, not, not an image of a particular face, but humanity, or the abstract idea of the truth in itself. When your mind grasps a form, a pure abstraction, it's grasping something which is immaterial. And it couldn't perform this function, Aquinas says, unless it itself were immaterial. Bernard Lonergan, the 20th century philosopher, theologian, spoke of the Spirit's orientation to the absolute as an indication of its immateriality. The mind wants not just particular truth, it wants the truth itself. The will wants not just particular goods, but it wants goodness itself. These aspirations indicate, Lonergan felt, an ordering to God. Augustine's, Lord, you've made us for yourself, therefore our heart is restless till it rests in thee, is speaking the same truth. We are our bodies rooted in this world, the world of ordinary experience. See, but Plato was right on this point, it seems to me. We are our bodies, but we're more than our bodies. Yes, ordinary experience, yes, sense experience, yes, imagination, yes, memory, all the things that link us to this world of particular things. But there is within us this capacity to form purely abstract thoughts, this drive toward the absolute, which means we are more than our bodies, more than our memories, more than our imagination, more than our senses. There's a mysterious spiritual capacity within us that's what the church calls the soul now something maybe a little bit less uh, philosophical i'm sure all of you know the many many accounts of near-death experiences precisely because of modern medicine which allows us to bring people back from the brink of death. I mean, think, centuries ago, when people were at the brink of death, well, they died. They didn't return to tell us about it, except in very extreme cases. But now it's pretty typical that someone could go right to the brink of death and then be brought back by uh, modern medicine. Well, as you know, many have reported experiences of leaving their bodies, of meeting loved ones who had died, and journeying toward the light, many say, which they identify as God. Now, I know, I know, skeptics write these off as just spasms of the dying brain. But if you look real closely at these experiences, they're hard to dismiss in such a cavalier way. In a lot of these experiences, read the accounts, they're fascinating. And also, I find as a priest who visits a lot of wakes and funerals, scratch the surface. You'll find a lot of people have had these experiences. But many who've had them will tell you exactly who was in the room, exactly what they were doing. So they, they feel themselves leaving the body and then looking down at the scene, seeing their own body, seeing the doctors and emergency uh, people working at them and so on. In some extreme uh, cases, some some really interesting cases. People have journeyed down the hallways of hospitals, gone outside and reported what was on the outside of the hospital. And then later, it's determined that they had very accurately reported what in fact was there. How do you explain that? Oh, it's a spasm of the dying brain. I think that's a little cavalier. Are people witnessing to an experience of this mysterious reality, the soul, that in us which goes beyond mere bodiliness? Okay. Now, with all that in mind, let's go back to our magnificent first reading from the Book of Wisdom. And I remember when I was doing parish work full-time, we read this all the time at funerals. I had this whole uh, reading memorized. Here's the way it begins. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. This spiritual energy I've been talking about, whether you see it from Thomas Aquinas' perspective or Lonergan's or the perspective of near-death experience, or just the experience of seeing the remains of a once lively person, whatever this spiritual energy is, it's breathed out, we are saying, not into nothingness, but into the hands of God, into the loving embrace of the Creator. The souls of the just are in the hand of God. How often, I've had the experience, when you go to a, a wake, especially of a loved one, and the reaction is, where is he? Where is she now? This once vibrant person, what happened? Well, the answer is, he or she is in the hand of God. The souls of the just are in the hand of God. He or she is preserved in the memory and through the power of God, if I can put it that way. The soul is breathed out not into non-being, but into the space of God. Here's a, a puzzle people ask all the time. Why can't souls come back why aren't we visited by the dead? Well, I do think on very rare occasion we are. I think there, there are these stories of encounters with people who have died. And I, I wouldn't simply write them all off as hallucinations. I think sometimes there is a certain um, experience on an event horizon. But consider this analogy. It's always helped me a little bit. A baby gestates for nine months in his mother's womb. In that enclosed space, he's comfortable, well-fed, and at peace. Then comes this traumatic moment of birth, of transition into an entirely new world. Shocking. Some psychiatrists say that we've suppressed this memory, It's it's so overwhelming to us. But once the child is out of the womb, where does he find himself? But in a much richer, much more interesting, much more engaging world where his powers can be fully expressed. Even if he wanted to, the child could not go back into the womb. No, he's come to a whole new level of existence. So it goes, I would argue, with our beloved dead. They have transitioned into a higher state of existence. They're in the hand of God. And we should let them go. Why? Because they weren't meant for the womb. See, now think of this whole world of our sense experience, our ordinary experience, including all the the galaxies of the universe. Think of this world as itself, nothing but a womb, a place of gestation. We were meant to be born out of this world into a higher one. Traumatic, yes. That's why the soul resists the leaving of the body, why death is so painful. Traumatic, yes, as ordinary birth is. But... As the baby, you, you never want the baby to go back into the womb. So the souls of the just who are in the hand of God, why would we want them to come back into this restricted world? They've reached a higher place. Listen to the words of Jesus in our gospel for today. I'll close with this. Let them be kind of a point of meditation. The Lord says, everything the Father gives me will come to me. I will not reject anyone who comes to me. Well, there's the souls of the just that are in the hand of God, who've been summoned by Christ, have come to him. As you pray today, everybody, and I know we've all got our beloved dead in mind today on All Souls Day. As you pray for your beloved dead, take comfort in those words of the Lord. Everything the Father gives me will come to me. I will not reject anyone who comes to me. The souls of the just are in the hand of God. And God bless you.
0: I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love.
1: Friends, holiness is heroism, and we need heroic priests. That's why we partnered with Spirit Jew Studios to create a short film highlighting the demands and joys of the priesthood. Watch the entire film for free and share it with all the young men you know by visiting heroicpriesthood.com.